Just want to give a quick disclaimer that nothing said on this podcast is professional expert advice. We are not professional experts and cannot give you actual advice. Everything that we say is our personal opinion, our personal input and suggestions. Do what you will, but please take responsibility for your actions. And with that being said, let's have some fun. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Honey After Dark. I know I haven't been on here for like 2-3 weeks, but I finally have free time and I swear I will not neglect you guys anymore because I have like this whole setup with my lights and like uh, Ren's got me a mic arm thing and like with a pop filter and everything so it looks super professional in here uh, today i have a very very special guest her name is jen ding hi podcast. hi oh my gosh i follow jenny since da, 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 did you know okay so just to catch you guys up um so i've known Jen since I was like probably 18, 19. I was so young. No way. Um, yeah, I think okay, cuz do you remember the year that we first first met? Probably. I know I was definitely in high school. I want to say maybe I was a sophomore, so 2015? 14? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was definitely under 20 by then. It's been so long. So basically, um, you can tell me more about like how you found me. But all I knew was that you were a subscriber. I went to I went to the Asian Garden Mall in OC. And oh, yes. um, I think I posted that I was there. And then I think you asked me if you can come meet me or something. And then we met. We took a picture so long ago. And then I pretty much followed you. I followed your Instagram or something from there. Yeah, I think that's how it went. I think you put me in your vlog too. And I remember people at school were like, hey, you're in Jenny Host vlog. Wait, really? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I think we met up at uh, Asian Garden Mall Philip Ta for the locals. But I think we met up there as well as like OC Fest or Thet Fest, something like that. So there was like a couple times we met up. But I feel like for the most part, we were like Twitter friends right Uh, we liked our instagram pictures here and there but i think we talked more recently yeah did we meet at the third festival in oc one time i know we did once but i don't remember what came first if it was asian garden mall or oh it was definitely asian garden mall because i remember because you were such a little girl (laughs) you were so young i was like oh my god this little young little so cute okay and so i want to Let's talk about your glow up though. <laughs> honestly, in my head, you're still that little girl. Okay. But then I I go on your Instagram and you're like a bad bitch now. Oh my God. <laughs> like, what? Am I just getting old or what? Like I'm blushing. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, you're for reference for the viewers, I'm 21. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she probably met me when I was like. I Honestly, know, 14 with braces. So no, exactly. I think you were 14, you had braces, and you're like a little bit shy, but like super nice. And it's just crazy seeing my subscribers grow up. I swear, like you guys were in middle school and high school, and then now you guys are either in college or out of college or like already have your 
your careers and stuff. And I'm just like mind blown how fast time flies. I mean, same for you. We watch you grow up too. I mean, I think I watched your entire UCR experience actually. That's crazy. Uh, those were like the good old days. Like it's so different now. Like yeah. I love my life in a different way. I mean, this year, we don't got to talk about this year, but uh, so much has changed. But uh, we'll talk about all that a different time. But today, um, me and Jenna are going to actually answer two of you guys' questions. Um, and again, sorry to have you guys wait. Um, but let's just dive right into it. Okay, the first, they're both really long, by the way, so I'm going to kind of summarize it. The first one is by Alexa. So she says that she's loving the podcast. She's really grateful that I made it happen. It feels super chill, like she's listening to two friends talk, which is exactly like what I'm going for. Um, so she's been in a relationship for seven years, and it was a long-distance relationship. They met through an online game. Uh, this is her first boyfriend. And um, she she felt inexperienced that like she didn't know her boundaries and like how to make a relationship work. So the boyfriend eventually felt kind of like ignored by her, like she didn't really notice him that much. So moving like past that, she started to go to a church and she met this friend there. The friend happened to be a boy, a male. So her and that friend got close and I know what you guys are thinking, like, they hooked up. No. Uh, so the boy, that friend, did not know that she was taken because she didn't tell him. The reason why she didn't tell him is that is because she has strict parents and she didn't want um, the news to, like, circle around and and for her parents to find out. So she kind of kept the relationship on the DL, on the down low. Um so that friend had no idea, right? So he started falling for her. So he confessed to her that he liked her. She totally rejected him. Like, whoa, this is just a friendship, right? I have a boyfriend. Um, so her question is basically, how do you make, how do you deal with having a friend of the opposite sex, but keep it completely platonic um without making the other person feel like they're being led on she's asking like what kind of boundaries should should you have when you're a girl and you have guy friends she also asked things you can and can't do with friends of the opposite sex and then she ended it with i love you and i also love your guest speaker if you have one and i'm proud of you so for me this kind of like hit home because my two, my two best friends are both male, uh, Brian and Renz. I'm sure, like, if you, if you know me, you know about them. And um, it, it is like kind of weird because we are so, 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 so close, right? But then I have a boyfriend, so a lot of people, you know, especially back then, they're like, um, are you sure? Like, there's nothing going on, like. Even when I didn't have a boyfriend, people would try to say like, oh, I know you guys like each other or I know he likes you or you like him, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, dude, it's not like that. And I get so mad because to me, I'm like, dude, a, a female and a male can't be friends without liking each other. Like, 
why does it always have to be that way? There's a lot of trust that has to be like set with you and the boyfriend. So actually, when I when I first got to know my boyfriend, um, I told him I was like, "Hey, my best friend is a guy, and I've had problems in the past with my boyfriend's like, just." That was just drama, okay? So I told him, I was like, you have to trust me if you want to get to know me. Like, don't stir up anything because that's my best friend and period, you know? So then he understood that and he's super chill about it now. But of course, I don't I don't like to cross any boundaries. For example, like getting a massage and you have to like be in one private room and get naked with each other. Like stuff like that, I wouldn't do. Yeah, so actually most of my friends growing up were guys and I had similar issues, but I only had one boyfriend. And mm-hmm. um I think on our relationship, it, you're right, trust is a huge factor. I think we both trusted that we both loved each other and we were secure in our relationship. So we kind of knew that um anything that was going on was just friendly. Plus, I told him that I had a lot of guy friends and he has girlfriends. So it's kind of like hypocritical on both ends. Right. He didn't um, be okay with it. But honestly, my role when it comes to those things is nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Okay. Like how I met your mother said that very accurately. Uh Something always happens after that. So I actually have like a time cut off for my friends. Wow, really? Is there like a, a specific time? I, I just noticed like two to three, but yeah, yeah. it's like late night talks, you know, like even this podcast is Jay Honey After Dark. There's just a more comfortable, more vulnerable intimate. type of energy. Yeah, like point. intimate setting. Yeah. So, I mean, those things are very easily in your control, you know, it's not like you're like losing conversation with the person. It's just a matter of delegating when to talk to them, you know. Say like we have boyfriends, right? And then the the male friends are single and like maybe we're like their only close friend it is hard it's honestly like really hard to keep a balance like to be there for them but then to not be there like a hundred percent because you still have to divide your time with your boyfriend and your family so um yeah I think we gave pretty good points like maybe cut off time if you have to um certain activities Maybe that's just for like a couple, you know, like a massage or something like that. Or like going on vacation. Like I I wouldn't go on vacation with my male friend, just me and him, if I had a boyfriend. That to me is like crossing the line. Yeah, I Um, agree. That's crossing the line. I think holidays too. I know sometimes people, they spend time with their best friend on like Christmas or any of those kind of more intimate holidays. I feel right, like right, right. So I wouldn't, for Christmas, say I'm hanging out with my family, I wouldn't invite, um, like, Renz or Brian and then not invite my boyfriend, you know? Um, yeah, there's just certain things you just can't do. And then the friend, the male friend, has to respect that. Like, and then, but also at the same time, you have to communicate with your boyfriend and say like hey if I do have to like be there for my friend or we have to hang out once in a while like trust me like don't feel like I'm doing anything um but yeah good question so we're gonna move on to the second question from anonymous actually so she said this is a heavy question or like 
story. She's 24 years old and she comes from a broken family. Her parents are still together, but her dad actually has another family and she recently found that out. Um, she didn't really say like why or how, um, but she says that her dad is very toxic and manipulative and lies to her mom. So she basically told herself like, I'm going to find a love that is more respectful and nothing like my dad. So funny thing, not funny, but like ironically, um, she started dating her first love and her boyfriend turned out to be toxic and manipulative. Um, they had the same group of friends and um, she did have guy friends too, but she had to ask for permission um, if she could go out with them before she does. Um, which is funny because it relates to that first question. Eventually, their relationship ended and he started spreading rumors about her to that group of friends, which, mind you, they have the same group of friends. Um, and then, side note, the boyfriend, the ex, the ex now, he is in love with his best friend. And he tried to mold her into becoming like his best friend. And she noticed that. Does that make sense? So like, okay, so, so when, when her and the ex were together, turns out all along, he was in love with someone else who is her, his best friend. Oh, okay. Okay. I get it. Yeah. So he, he was in love with the best friend, but he is with her, the other girl, the girl who's writing this. And he tried to mold her into being like the other girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she noticed that. So anyways, fast forward, she's in a new relationship now. Um, but she would reach out to the to the friends in that group. But they kind of have, they don't want anything to do with her. They don't like reply to her or anything. And um, the only time they reach out to her is when they need something. So she's like, wow, okay, kind of fake, right? So her question is, how do you deal with cutting off ties with those type of friends um and all while being uh, realizing that she's depressed during this pandemic i feel like there's multiple parts to this question so first (laughs) i want to say i'm sorry you came from a broken home um i also grew up in a kind of broken family and i kind of noticed that people who didn't really get to see a good relationship growing up. They didn't really have a good role model and they didn't really know what they deserved, you know? So I think it kind of makes sense that you had a pretty rough first relationship because you didn't know that you deserved better than that and you didn't know that you shouldn't have to ask for permission. So Mm -hmm. I'm very happy that you're in a healthier relationship now. Right. Um, As for the cutting off friends and stuff, I feel like when you are in a depressive state, whether you are like actually depressed or just in a depressed episode due to the pandemic, your energy mm-hmm. is so valuable. Like depression oh, yeah. sucks your energy like crazy. You lose motivation. You're not interested in the same things you used to be. And just overall, like you don't want to get out of bed. So right. I feel like for you to reach out to these friends um you're kind of giving them your energy and they don't deserve that you need to make room for other people to come into your life you know totally like I feel like almost everyone can relate to being whether it's depressed or just 
a little bit sad or down. Like everyone's going through a really hard time right now. Um, for me, it comes in waves. And I know when it when it's going downhill sometimes, I really need my friends. So, and that's like, it's so important to have really good friends right now. And you having friends who don't put you first, it just makes it worse almost because you're already feeling sad. And then you go to some, you go to friends to find like comfort and to find some, some light and they make you feel even worse. And I think it's hard because people like her might feel like, well, they're the only friends I have. And so, and obviously it's a pandemic. How are you supposed to go make friends? You know, you can't go to the club. You can't go, um, you don't even go to school anymore. So people can't really meet others. But I say, meet someone online. Like mm-hmm. I've been chatting with Jen and um, I'm like, hey, we're not meeting each other in person, but I feel like I'm connecting with her and we have an actual friendship, even though it's only through Twitter, only through Instagram. Um, it's it's nice sometimes to vent to someone, even if it's just online. So I that's what I would um, recommend for you, Anonymous. Reach out to a girl that you think is cool on Twitter, right? Be like, hey this might be weird, but like, can we be friends? I noticed that you like blah, blah, blah. And I do too. I don't think, it, I don't think that's weird at all. That's I think it's literally weird. what I did. I slid into Jenny's DMs and I was like, Hey, can we be friends? <laughs> I feel like, um, it's so easy to meet people online right now too, because everyone's going through that struggle. A lot of discord servers are popping right now. Oh yeah. Um, Reddit, you can find a community for anything. So I feel like for the most part, when you are alone, it may suck, but it's so much better being alone and somewhat at peace than to be surrounded by people that make you feel poorly about yourself. So. Oh, totally. Some some days, at like back then, I would just not talk to anyone at all. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather, I'd rather do that than like kiss someone's ass when they don't really want to talk to me or Facts. like they don't give me the same energy you know sometimes you feel like you do so much for a friend and they kind of put you like their priority for you is not there so yeah put yourself first my i forgot who told me but i told someone that i made twitter friends it was honestly jen it was you and another friend um that i that I started talking to on Twitter and that person was like that's kind of weird <laughs> and I'm like no it's not it's like right now we're at a time where we at least me I'm quarantined I don't go out there's no way for me to like connect mm-hmm. um, with any friends other than the internet you know and just through zoom like me and my friends have zoom parties and stuff like that and I feel like that's the move right now. You be safe and you find like that emotional connection, whether it's like serious talk, venting, or literally just talking about like me and my other friend which that I met um, on Twitter. We just talk about like our love for food and it just brings like a little bit of spark every day to my life. So good luck, Anonymous. I know it's hard to feel like you deserve better friends and you can't find that friend but I know you will eventually yeah good luck it seems like you were a really strong resilient girl who has gone through so much so 
I wish you the best of luck. You deserve it all. Yeah. Right now, it's, it probably feels like you're sinking in this hole that is like forever falling. Mm. But The only way is up. <laughs> yeah. One day, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, damn, that was dark. But hey, I'm here now. You know, trust me. I mean, you're probably okay. Yeah, you're younger than me a little bit. And when I was younger, I felt like, when am I ever going to be happy? Like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to live anymore, like being all dramatic, right? But as you grow older, you you meet more mature people. Yeah, your life is going to be so different a couple years from now, and you just need to stick it out. So yeah, that's really what it you. is, stick it out. Okay, speaking <laughs> my segue, speaking <laughs> of broken families. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mine? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, today I wanted to bring up the topic of moving out. Um, I'm a fourth year at UCI, so I feel like this age time is like how to adult, right? Plus Mm -hmm. pandemic. So there's just a lot going on. Um, So I am a local for UCI. I live like about 20, 30 minutes from there. And I wanted to move out for college because I wanted to get the fuck out of my house. UCI had a good business program, you know, got to go for the education. And then I basically asked my parents if I could dorm for the first year at least and then Mm -hmm. just commute the rest. So I went on Facebook and there was like those Facebook pages where you just kind of post about yourself like, hi, I'm Jen. I'm interested in this type of music. Blah, uh-huh. blah, 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 Like a like dating for, profile, for, basically. For UCI? Yeah. Okay. So it was like a Facebook page. And then that's how I um, gathered my roommates. And then one of – so there's four of us. One of them lived in Hawaii. And then the other three, me me and the other two, um, were in SoCal-based. So we actually mm-hmm. met up at Downtown Disney first just to, like, do a little screening. No, but that- then when we went – in person to live together like oh my god I got catfish catfish what you mean so basically one of them how do I refer I'm just gonna call her V okay okay so V she fucking crazy like so at first she showed up and I thought she was the sweetest girl ever so it's two bunk beds and then closets next to it and then the four desks, right? It's kind of first come, first serve. So okay. I opened a closet and I see books. So I'm like, wow, she's so nice. She brought books. And she even <laughs> offered, like, to bring a trash can and a vacuum and, like, like wow, great. And then a um, little bit of a trigger warning. So um, I'm going to mention a topic on suicide and, like, sadder stuff. So, um <laughs> Please don't listen if you're uncomfortable with this topic, but basically she struggled with her mental health in her fall quarter. So the quarter system works as like 10 weeks in fall, 10 weeks in winter, 10 weeks in spring. So fall, she was going through it. I was there to help her out. Winter break, she, um, she leaves. And one of the roommates, she actually completely moved out of our room like she just stayed in Cerritos where she lives and I was really confused why Mm -hmm. but we when we came back from winter break we found out V kind of said something to her and they had an issue and she kind of ran away thinking that we would side with V but yeah so V actually had like a marijuana addiction and I think she was trying to like 
get off of her addiction or something and was dealing with withdrawals. I'm not too sure. But basically, she came back, like, with crazy eyes, very unstable, and just kind of scary, to be honest. Um, We didn't really feel safe when she came back. And she became a completely different person. Like, she had a boyfriend, or not even a boyfriend, this guy that she was seeing where Mm -hmm. she would threaten to end her life if he didn't stay with her. Like, crazy shit. Yeah. And then... She would come into our room and have the FaceTime calls full blast, no headphones. And she would literally say, like, fuck these bitches. I hate them. Like, I'm, <gasps> I want to kill them. And, like, stuff right, like that. Wait, right in front of right yes! in front of your salad? In front of us. <laughs> oh, my so, God. This girl was on the bunk bed above me, too. So I'm like, this bitch going to slit my throat in my sleep. Wait, oh my she, God. Said, she said while she's, like, two feet away from you that she Dead ass. Or even, like, above my head. So, like, she was just so, like, I don't know. Just, she was just, ah. And then she came home sometimes late in the night because she would go back to her her home home, like, where she was actually from. And then come back at, like, 3 or 4 a.m. And she would turn on the lights and start blasting music even though we're all sleeping. And she just did not give a fuck. Wait, I have a question. Did you guys have, like, any attitude with each other? Any, like, bickering for her to feel kind of like, uh, or just out of nowhere? I really think it's out of nowhere because the Hawaii one was actually her closest friend. And then, obviously, I was there to help her, like, through her mental health. So it was all love. And I actually Hmm. had a boyfriend at that time just for my first year. And even he was down to offer advice. So there was really no negative parts on our end. Um, I truly think it had to do with her issues with her mother and like her own broken family issues. Um, and she so, took it out on you guys. That's how. Yeah, you I think that's what happened. Like I remember she called, like she was on the phone with her dad or something, and he asked her for money. And I just, I mean, I understand family problems are family problems. Like I'm not gonna judge anybody for those. Like everybody's different. Oh, but yeah, I do absolutely. think that accountability is very important, and I don't think mm-hmm. it's an excuse. But basically. She went fucking psycho. And then um, Hawaii girl, she was about to throw hands, honestly, but she cared about her education. She's not going to do that. For me, I would have said a lot of things, but because I literally feared my life, I had to learn how to control my emotions and kind of contain everything. And we hit up every RA in the building. My Our next door... Um, neighbor on the floor was the floor RA and she knew about all of her problems and everything but because it was quote unquote a threat like they didn't take it seriously and we even filed a police report okay like we were considering getting a restraining order like it was just really intense but when we met with the housing office she kind of um so V smart girl she spun it so that it was like 3v1 and, like, she made it seem like we ganged up on her. Like you guys bullied her? Yeah. So yeah. the housing office kind of took pity for her. And then she kind of leaned into the mental health part and kind of used that card. Right. So on our end, like, we looked like the bad guy. And mm-hmm. our only option was to either move out in the middle of winter quarter or um, deal with it and, like, create a contract. So we decided not to move out because, like, the only way you would get a spot is if there was, like, a vacant 
spot because someone moved out for whatever reason like there's Mm -hmm. not like dorms available for people to just move around right yeah so we were just like whatever we'll stick it out um together but then the contract ended up being useless it was just basic rules like you know when do you go to sleep do this and that like just guidelines to follow that she did not follow and there was no Uh penalty for it so we were just kind of like screwed up until week eight I decided I can't do this I need to take finals this is ruining my mental health I was going back and forth between home and the dorms hiding at my boyfriend's place at the time because he had <laughs> off-campus apartments like just, just the hostage running around but um, yeah so we all just kind of disappeared and then I decided I can't do this. I'm just going to move out. And then my other roommates were like, if you're going to do it, we're going to do it. And the office were like, oh, shit, you can't move three people. I guess Mm -hmm. we'll move the one. And she got kicked out. She ended up moving two floors below us. Oh, whoa. Just the same building, two floors below. And then she started working at the Ant Eatery, which is UCI's cafeteria, which means I saw this girl quite frequently oh oh no you must have been pissing your pants yeah dude like it was really scary because when I was at my boyfriend's place at the time I would wake up to text messages saying don't come home and like she they would send me snapchat videos of her like rubbing her feet all over my desk and just like yeah like and she was just I think she was just like trying to spite us I don't know like petty shit I guess oh rubbing your feet is a way to make me piss. I don't know. But I what? it was just scary. I have a question. What why didn't you confront her? Like, do you have a problem with me and 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 why? Like w- was it because you were scared or like oh my god, this, if I confront her, it's going to blow up and she's going to slit my throat? I feel like when we confronted her in the beginning, it was like we made the most effort we could because you're trying to reason with someone who's all kind over crazy. the place, right? right? So you're just trying to like kind of calm them down first and then try to reason. But she was just so inconsiderate of people's boundaries. She didn't respect anybody, like not even her parents. And I feel like when it comes to, you know, threatening to take your life for a relationship, like she's just kind of turbulent, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I feared that if she didn't mind harming herself or anyone that was close to her, like, what what makes it so that she won't harm me? Like, this random girl she met on Facebook. You know what I mean? I wanted to cuss her out so bad. (laughs) But, yeah, it was just really scary. Like, I had a lot of anxiety attacks and stuff, but she ended up getting moved out and things got better after that. Luckily, no one moved in. Fast forward to, well, now that I'm 21 and I'm ready to move out for my full-time job. I'm traumatized. Like, I feel like a lot of people have bad roommate stories, but this one, man, I'm trying to move to San Diego for full time. So if any of your your listeners are not psycho and want to hit me up. So wait, so are you going to San Diego to finish your fourth year or to go get your master's? I'm trying to just get my full time job there after I graduate. Oh, so you want to live there, um, but you're done with school after yeah. after this one. Well, I'm happy for you because I honestly, deep down, I love my family. I love living with them, but there's always like a part of me that's like, what would it be like if I moved out, like had my own space? Um, so I'm always like a little bit jealous of 
you know, people who are able to do that. Um, I just know that right now that's not like a smart decision for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But don't get me wrong. I'm like so thankful that I can stay home and save a lot of money. But I know one day, like once I am able to move out like you, eventually, um, it's going to be really nice having just having your own space, privacy. I feel like it's going to help me grow up more too. And um, I mean, it sucks to say out loud, but like I feel like some people might look at me like I'm not as mature because I have my parents taking care of me and stuff like that. I kind of want to like almost prove to people like I can do it on my own. I honestly feel like society freaking sucks. Like you grow up and you have all of these, oh, I'm supposed to be like this or should I be like that? And there's just so much comparison. Yeah, especially on like Twitter and stuff. It's like I moved out at 21 (laughs) and then they show like their key. Yeah. Sometimes it's not good to move out at 21. Yeah, but then it's like in reality, they're they borrowed like twenty thousand dollars, or like, or even people who flash like really fancy cars, but they're like hella in debt and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, just just a little lesson for you guys: like, don't get something that expensive you can't afford it, just to flex for like what five seconds on on Instagram. Not worth it. I, I everyone regrets doing that. So, oh, yeah. How did you navigate like graduating college? Yeah. So, oh, college is like a whole thing for me because, like every other Asian family, I was expected to go to college. Like, there was no other option. It was just like, I didn't even think about it. That was like the thing to do. Um, So, I went to college not knowing what I wanted to do. So I stayed an undecided major for like two and a half years until the very last minute. Like the school was like, bro, you got to pick a major. <laughs> so my friend was in sociology and I was like, you know what? So I took a sociology class and I really liked learning about it. And then I found out like you can be a counselor and stuff like that, a social worker. And I was like, you know what? That seems safe. So moving on, like moving forward, I graduated my bachelor's at UCR, but I re- I sat there and I was like, I chose the safe route. Nothing really excites me about this. I was looking up, I was looking up jobs and just the thought of like interviewing for it and, and like trying to picture myself in doing that job, it didn't make me happy. It just felt like I just have to do this. Is this life? Like, you know, like, is there another way out, basically? Because I was like, am I am I living life just to do it? Or, like, should I be happy doing it? So um, I kind of thought about it. And the, the idea of eyelash extensions got brought to me. Like, I think my sister, like, brought it up. And I was like, you know what? Can I try it out? I kind of sort of asked my family for permission almost. Um, and they were like, yeah, like go to school for it. So long story short, I went to esthetician school after college um, for like really, really long time because there was a lot of like drama and stuff with that school. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to talk about it. But I finally got my license after lots of hard work. And so before the pandemic, I was a full-time lash artist. 
Um, so yeah, college to me, uh, I, I didn't even get that experience of like moving into an apartment or a dorm and going to college parties. I probably went to like two college parties. I don't know. I, and I'm like, I, I paid so much money to go to a university for what? So um, my biggest lesson is like college is not for everyone. Don't go just to go. Like really think about it because it's so much money and like my freaking degree is just sitting there collecting dust. <laughs> yeah, especially with the internet nowadays, like low-key clout is a job. So you can honestly do anything and like people nowadays I think are leaning towards a more genuine, more authentic type of media. Like we're kind of over the Instagram Facetune bullshit. It's like TikTok. Yeah like no makeup, like really casual, you know? So I feel like people lately are really happy to just pursue what makes them happy and it, it shows. I love that. Um, I feel like uh, the generation before us or before me, I mean, how old are you? I'm 21. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I am the generation <laughs> below. Are you a considered a millennial? I'm 99, so... 99, 99. Oh, yeah. I think you're at the cusp. Yeah. I think 2000 is a cutoff. According to TikTok, actually, I'm in, like, that weird, like, I'm not a millennial, but I'm not a Gen Z, and I just sit here, like, looking at both people make jokes <laughs> and, like, take from both. Maybe that's a good thing. I feel like those, uh, like, we all have bad uh, associations with like all generations but mm -hmm. anyways what was I saying so I feel like my generation we we that wasn't like a um like a normal path to take going into media going into art whether it's makeup music YouTube TikTok or anything like TikTok I feel like that was like a weird like unsafe thing to do which is why I went to college like I felt like doing and going into beauty which is like an arts wasn't a real job and that's just crazy because that's like just as like I feel like it's just as a, of a real job as like someone that's sitting in an office mm -hmm. um so I'm I'm glad it's like that now for for the next generation but um also people have to be realistic though if if you're not getting the views or, you know, it's not for you, then don't be afraid to go into another, like, path or career. Yeah, I think that's a thing people forget. Like, you're not locked into what you choose. I feel like quarter-life crises or, like, the ones that my friends went through, at least, they were just kind of like, oh, my God, am I doing this till 67? Oh, my God, oh, my God. But, like, no. You can do whatever you want. You want to move somewhere and start over? Do it. You want to be right. a lash artist? Do it. You want to be a digital yeah. marketing? I don't know. I think I want to do that. Like me, do it. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Do it with the right intention too. And like if you have passion for it. Um. Oh my gosh. I'll talk about more about lashes in another episode. But so many girls are getting into being a quote unquote eyelash artist mm -hmm. and they're just doing it for extra cash and it really pisses me off like I'll go off one day about that because to me I put so much money so much time like practice blood sweat mm -hmm. and tears to be an, a lash artist because it's 
a career path to me. Like it changed my life. Um, but people are out there doing shitty work. Mm-hmm. Don't even have like a license or, or didn't spend like a, an hour to like practice, you know, and they're just collecting some money and like destroying our industry. So it pisses me off when people go into an industry for the wrong reasons. I feel like you really have to have that spark and really love it and put your all into it. Um, and not just for like the clout or like the extra cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, definitely a weird thing that this generation is dealing with, especially like because of the pandemic and everyone's financial struggles. There's a lot of hustles out there that may or may not be good. Like even people slinging toilet paper in the beginning. Like what was that? Why? Are we <laughs> Why? <laughs> Yo, that's so funny. I swear. I'm like, wait, no, it's still out of like my my sister tries to go to Costco like every week. Still out of stock. Why? Yeah, I don't get it. But if you look at the paper towels, it's everything's in stock it's just the fact that toilet paper is hyped up i don't (laughs) understand my gosh like and i I kept i kept saying like bro you can hop in the shower and and, you know wash it the days on sale in the beginning i remember they were like a hundred (laughs) dollars oh my god if you look it up i think it's like up in the couple hundreds now or like out of stock oh my gosh yeah, there's so many things I wish I hopped on in the beginning of the pandemic, but mm-hmm. good. that's one thing that I hate about society these days. It's like mm-hmm. when something is hyped up, people like go balls out for it. Yeah. Very, okay. Do you remember the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Wait. Oh my God. I was just thinking about that. I think oh like that's actually why I went into digital marketing because I think it's a game. Like I think it's interesting. I would. I don't want to be in it personally, mm-hmm. but like. That is so much power that, like, people were fighting each other over that. It's crazy. If you're, like, the first to create, like, this trend, something new, something, like, just get a little group excited about it, it trickles down, and all of a sudden, it's global. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Actually, that's pretty genius. It's genius if you're the owner of the business, Um, like, among us. I remember I found out that, like... They were supposed to release Among Us 2, and then they decided not to because the first one blew up, and they were like, oh, I guess we'll just fix this one. I heard there's a new map coming soon for Among Us. I haven't been playing. I don't have anyone down to play with me. (laughs) Dude, play with me. Okay, me, I haven't been playing too much, but like once in a while I'll play. Um, But yeah, if you ever want to play, let me know. Maybe I can get my friends back to like... It's crazy when there's like something that gets hyped up these days. It's just people will pay anything. We'll wait four hours. Oh, the PS5. I luckily got it on pre-order, but like that's going for a thousand dollars right now. I I low-key want to be a gamer girl, but at the same time, I've never been the type to like follow, to to go into something for clout, you know? Yeah, I think it's fun to play games and then like, I, I actually started Twitch streaming for my friends, like, just because they can see the screen, but I'm uh-huh. not, like, streaming. Like, I'm not posting the link anywhere. But that's it's fun true. in itself, you know? So I'll try it out and see if I like it. Maybe I'll be the next famous Twitch streamer. 
I mean, gamer girl. <laughs> I feel like at the end of the day, though, like you create a really good community by entering things that way. Like even with your YouTube and this podcast, you're doing it because you like it and people can tell. Oh, yeah, totally. If I didn't like this, there's no way. Like I said, no amount of money or like anything will like force me to do it. So that's why I stopped doing YouTube for so long. It's because I didn't feel happy like I just wasn't comfortable at the time. And I'm I'm like slowly thinking about like I charged my cameras because I know like I'm almost ready to hop back onto YouTube. Um, so and I actually went on live on Instagram, uh, I think two weeks ago. And I thought I was going to be a hot mess. I thought people were going to be like, oh, my God, you changed. You look different. You gained weight. Something like that. Right. But everyone was just so nice to me. And I felt like how it was back in like 2009 on the OG YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, damn, my subscribers have grown up, but like they're the same and they treat me the same. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely going to start like live streaming more and hopefully that will like go from IG to Twitch because I heard like you can make some money. Yeah, I mean, I might as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm unemployed. (laughs) So yeah, a lot of my friends told me to make one too just for that reason. But I mean, hey, whatever works. If you have fun doing it, why not? Oh, yeah. But definitely only if I have fun. Like, I'm not just going to do it just to do it, you know? Yeah. That's a lot of work, honestly. That's more draining than just doing what you like. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? If I have, like, this personality that God gave me, (laughs) um, I might as well, you know, do what I love, be happy, but also, like, get paid because it's like everyone has to live, you know? And right now, as a lash artist, I can't, like, we're... Uh, again, it's against the law to do it right now in California. So, um, and plus, I don't want to jeopardize anything. So, I'm not going to risk it. But hey, the va- the um, vaccine is almost out. Did you hear? Oh, yeah. The Pfizer one. I think like frontline people are getting it, right? Right. I have some nurse friends who actually already got their first shot. And from what I've seen on the card, I think it's at least two shots. I mean, it's a nasty virus. So, I'm happy. How is it going? Like, did they have side effects or anything? Yeah. So one of my friends said that it just felt sore at the touch of where, you know, where she got shot, uh, which is upper arm. But that's totally normal. And then she also felt tired. But she's like, girl, I'm tired 24-7 even before (laughs) the shot. So totally normal symptoms. Oh, my God. It pisses me off. People are posting, like, all these crazy things, like, oh, I'd rather die. Like, they're going to microchip me. Um, the government's trying to control control us. Like, do are you guys dumb? I'm like, what the heck? People are crazy. They really are. I'm at this point where I'm just like, are you, like, enjoying this now? I don't understand. The conspiracy theorist? I don't know. I don't get it. Like, do you not believe in science? But, hey, <laughs> if you don't want to get the vaccine, that's on you. Yeah, I mean, like, I hope you do, though. Like, all of you listening, you you should get it. (laughs) Yes. You know what I learned during this pandemic? Hmm. I shouldn't get so worked up on other people's decisions. Because I was for, like, for Black Lives Matter, for Mm -hmm. the election. Like, it really took a toll. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. But it really (laughs) took a toll on me. Like, during the pandemic, that was, like, those things were like the worst 
like periods because I just don't understand how hard it is to be a good human being and like love each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, because it took such a toll on me emotionally, I was like, you know, I'm never doing this again. Like mm-hmm. feeling like I have the world on my shoulders. I almost felt like I was trying to save the world, like just me. I actually had a similar feeling. I mean, not as intensely as you, but it's because we consumed so much negative media every five seconds. Like I felt like every time I refreshed on Twitter, it was a new huge issue. Right. And um, I I felt like I was trying to preach every day on Twitter and Instagram, like, hey, don't you guys understand? Like, just for example, like human rights and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I realized that no matter how much I preach, I'm not going to save the world. I'm not going to change. I can't control people. Um, the But the best thing I can do is control my emotions and do the best for me and my little circle. It got me like really depressed, honestly. Like I was crying 24-7 all day, every day because I was like, why are people so evil? Or like, why, why are people don't, they don't think the way that I do. But it's like, obviously not everyone thinks like how you do. Um, yeah, I feel like there was a huge awakening for all of us that made us realize like how cruel people can actually be. Um, but I think you used your platform very well. Like, even though you may not like think that you changed anything, like you have a lot of followers that you shared really good resources with. And I think just having like a quote unquote role model, big sister type figure be caring uh a lot, like people follow that, you know, there's a reason why it's called influencer, even though that's a cringy ass word. Yeah. You have influence. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm really, I'm really happy to hear that because I felt like I didn't make a difference, but Hey, if, if a couple posts about informational stuff helps anyone, then I'll continue doing that. But, um, I'm always just pulling back and forth between like, do I, do I put my mental health, um, on the line to make the world a better place? Cause that's the harder thing to do. Or do I step back and just let everything play out and not take any action? But at the end of the day, it's like worth the fight, but it's just sometimes like when you're so exhausted, you got to take a step back and put yourself first. You really do have to put yourself first because how can you save the world if you don't have energy? How can you save the world if you don't have a proper mental health and, you know, drive to do anything? Like, it just won't work. I think it comes from you first. Like, even with everything in general, like entering a relationship, moving out, being an activist, like all this stuff, always prioritize yourself over anything because you got you, you know? Yeah, but it also it's just so hard because it's like when you do that, you feel guilty for not using your voice, mm. for not, for not um, like standing up for others and being a part of all that. But there is – it's really dangerous if you don't ever take care of yourself first because like you said, like, how are we going to help others if we're freaking damaged? Like, yeah. it's not, we're not going to be at our full potential. Yeah, I'm doing a lot better now. But towards like the middle of the pandemic the period, um, it was rough. And then it went down from there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But you're not alone, you know. Thank you. But yeah, the past, I would say the past maybe two months, I've been, I've been a lot better. I've been like 
putting myself first. I started to work out. I started this podcast, which, oh my gosh, helped me a lot. And then helping my mom with her little crochet business is so cute. Um, so I found that when I when I start like these little projects and like like working out and all that, it helps me because it's not just a distraction, but it genuinely like makes me feel like I'm productive and I feel like I have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Because for so long, I felt like useless because I I wasn't working. I'm not going to school. Like I was literally a a potato at home not doing anything it's bad to call yourself this but I felt so ugly and fat um but yeah if you just take control and like push yourself it's so worth it like I'm so much happier right now yeah actually like I went in on my mental health like I actually went to therapy yeah 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 I mean like I'll just be straight like I got diagnosed with dysemia which is like mild depression for a long term and general anxiety disorder so your girl was struggling but I feel like mental health is becoming more of a commonly spoken about thing now that the pandemic has made all of us sad (laughs) but yeah I mean I think me talking about it right now like I'm a huge mental health advocate and I think just talking about it is a huge thing because like we don't need to fake being okay. Like, oh, yeah. we all are sad. Okay, like, it all started in February with Kobe. But <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Don't even start with yeah. Kobe. Yes, RIP. But, yeah, I feel like I just went in on that. And, like, you know, whenever you work on yourself, it's the most rewarding feeling. Like, you progress. And even though it's just you and yourself, like, you see the world differently, man. And, like, oh, totally. I yeah. treat others better. Like, I find myself more positive towards my friends and my family now that I feel happier. Mm-hmm. So it's so important. Um, but you know what? Um, I want I want to hear a little bit more about, you said, it, I forgot the word. You said it's a mild depression. Oh, dysemia? dysemia? Yeah, it's like, or dysthymia. I don't know if that's the proper way. You're saying whatever the fuck. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's basically like, okay, well, you know, broken fam, as I said earlier. So it's like a mild but long-term form. So it kind of starts when you're um, younger, usually through trauma. And uh-huh. it, it lasts for like, I think at least two years is the minimum. And there's also uh-huh. like other symptoms of depression. So for me, like my own personal experience, okay, like I'm not a doctor. Please reference the DSM-5 or your mm-hmm. local psychologist for further information. Thank you. But um, <laughs> for my personal experience, like, it was just, like, sad in the background. Like, I felt like like I always was just kind of a blob. I was always going through the motions, but I thought that was normal because it's not that serious. And I'm also very high-functioning. Like, I can talk to you right now. I'm chilling. But, like, right. yeah, I feel like that's why it was so weird for me and like I knew I was sad but I didn't like understand and then like I think just having what you feel be put into words and also be something that is one treatable but two common like this is something many of you have probably never heard of but if you look it up there's a fuck ton of people out there who have it and like there's actually like one in five Americans who have some sort of mental disorder just throwing out statistics out there so we love it deeper 
yeah, minor in psych, sorry, just gotta, (laughs) but yeah, I feel like, you know, it's, it, there's things like that, like, there's a scale, you know, you don't have to be freaking suffering and dying and, like, wanting to go crazy to be considered someone who can go to therapy, like, you can literally, everyone who submitted something, you can go to your therapist for, like, two sessions if you wanted, just talk shit about whoever, have a professional answer you it's confidential she legally cannot tell anyone and you <laughs> like you could do that for anything that's so important and there's also like online therapy now mm-hmm. don't be don't feel shameful to like because I feel like a lot of people don't want to go to therapy because that just like quote-unquote confirms that they're crazy or they have a problem or they're lesser than they are Mm -hmm. but I think that makes you a better person for like not not like admitting your problem but like almost you know like confronting it I think the first step to fixing anything is just one acceptance you know right I feel like in order to change like so for example with my mom the way I realized that she can't change is because she doesn't want to change she doesn't accept that there is something to change therefore oh yeah no change right so as soon as you realize that like honestly that's like my biggest like words of wisdom I got from this pandemic because it just makes life so much easier like you just filter through shit faster you kind of give your energy where you need it to go and like I guess you just have a higher appreciation for the ups that you have like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have someone close to me who I believe, obviously, I'm not going to try to diagnose them or anything. I believe they're they're suffering from like bipolar disorder and maybe depression or something else along those lines. But they refuse to get help. That's my like, mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know my I'm mom? I'm not a doctor either, but I think she has that. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's bad, you know. It's to the point where they're ruining themselves. Mm-hmm. They're ruining their family, their friends, their whole career. Their I don't want to say too much, but like their whole life is like at the bottom. It's like that person could be so much better if only they got help. Yeah. But it's like like you said, if someone doesn't want to get help, if someone doesn't want to take that step. No one can do anything for them. And I just wish those people will come to that realization one day. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I'm like, I don't understand what it's like to be them. That person I'm talking about, they said, like, I'm fine. I don't need help. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you really believe that? Or are you lying to yourself? So I think this is awesome that we're talking about mental health and like how it's okay if, if you have these problems, I don't know if it's I, I realized it or I developed it, but I think maybe three years ago, I realized that I have anxiety and um, and it was because my friend, I was venting to her like I told her there was something that happened and I told her I was like, my chest feels like it's being squeezed and there's mm-hmm. kind of like a five pound brick on top of it. And um, sometimes it gets to the point where, like, my hands feel numb and it's always me worrying about something. Like, I'm anxious. And then my friend was like, I think you have anxiety. I had, like, this moment. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I think I do because 
I have like physical symptoms too. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so nice to talk about. Like you said earlier, if it, it freaking hit me, I was like, well, when you said that it's nice to have what you feel. What did you say? You said it's nice oh, to have what you feel to like be put into, into words. words. Yeah. 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 So when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> that's the tweet. Um, yes. That's the but, you know, even though these are very dark, troubling things, mm-hmm. we cannot like just let it sit inside. Like we got to talk about it. And it's hard, but sometimes I have to tell like the people close to me, like my boyfriend, for example, like um, there was a point where I was like, I'm, I have anxiety. Like I'm going through anxiety right now. It's hard to say those things because it's kind of weird, but important, importante. It is the importante. I feel like yeah. when it comes to mental health, it's still taboo. I know it is, especially with like Asian parents. Oh my God, don't even get me started. But mm-hmm. like, I feel like with these type of things, sometimes it's a chemical imbalance. Like for bipolar disorder, it's like a genetic thing. So yeah. run in the family. Um, for me personally, my own experience, um, I think mine's was a chemical imbalance because my therapist recommended me to do medication and I was like really nervous because that's like, I don't know, everyone makes it sound so scary, right? Right, then, like side effects maybe? Yeah, and then, um, but she told me, she was like, Jen, you have done everything and more and you still aren't where you want to be. Don't you think that like you could use at least like a crutch? Like it's not the solve everything, but like try it out at least. And if you don't like it, you can stop. It's up to you. And I was like, oh yeah, I can stop. Thanks for telling me that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's took- for it. I did. Um, trust me, it's fucking difficult for like three months. And now I'm chilling. I can do this pod and talk about whatever, and I'm fine. But it's, it. yeah, like it's it's weird though because like you don't realize it's literally just chemicals because serotonin, the shit you lose when you do ecstasy, is in your brain and also in your gut. So if you have low serotonin or like serotonin issues, so you might have stomach issues too. And like as you mm. said with your anxiety, you had physical symptoms. Everything's right. correlated. Yeah. So. Well, first of all, I'm so proud of you. And second of all, when you first went on the medication, um, did you have side effects? Like, why was it so difficult? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had, like, difficult side effects. So um, I just want to say I'm, like, a lower percentage of people that had this side effect. But, okay. like, so I got prescribed Lexapro and Wellbutrin. So Lexapro goes with serotonin. And uh-huh. then Wellbutrin goes with um, norepinephrine and dopamine, which is like your motivation and energy. So, Thanks for explaining that because I was like, huh? Yeah, I know. Science. <laughs> I have right. that many times. So serotonin equal happy. The other one, energy, motivation. So Okay. Got it. Basically, they put me on five for the Lexapro and that's a starting dose. Then they were like, okay, let's try 10. And then I like wanted to like knock out. Like I was so dizzy. I felt really sick. Like I was so uncomfortable. Oh. And luckily I have a pharmacist friend. So she was like, oh, just stop. And I was like, okay. Told my doctor. She's like, all right, let's go back down to five. Um, later on, I tried, 
I'm going out of order, okay? So if you guys are listening and trying to think this is how it works, do not take this as like a step-by-step. I'm just saying things. This is not advice. <laughs> this is not advice. I am not do this at home. Keeping around, okay? Um, so she prescribed me 7.5 and like I low-key started getting like morbid thoughts. Like morbid thoughts oh is not suicidal thoughts, but just I want to die thoughts. And oh my gosh. Yeah, it was pretty rough. And I was like, oh my God, I know my life sucks, but it's not that bad. Like, why why is it that bad right now? Oh, wow. And then I found out it was literally because it was just too much. So I, I have like a very sensitive brain, I guess, to serotonin. Maybe because it don't know her, but <laughs> never heard never heard of her. <laughs> never heard of her. So I can only handle five, but that's fine, you know? That's 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 I'm a very small percentage. So if you're listening and you're that percentage, you're not alone. And if you're not that percentage, I think the normal is 10. But again, not advice. Don't listen to me. Right. Um, <laughs> then, yeah, I never heard of her. The other one, this is some funny ass side effects, okay? <laughs> I started having, okay, you know how a UTI like fucking sucks? Like you want to piss all the time, but you like don't. And then just like is annoying. I never had one. I don't think. You never but had one? I don't. Maybe wow. I did. Maybe I did. But okay, I don't know. Well, I didn't have that. It felt like it, but I didn't have the burning feeling. I feel like the the thing that makes it a UTI is the burning feeling. Okay. But yeah, basically, maybe, maybe, just, maybe I had urination issues, okay? okay? And I had to fucking go to Target and, like, basically, I was just having problems. And I had to go to the AZO and get a bladder control. And I was like, am I 80? Like, <laughs> what's going on? And then, like, I can't believe I'm saying this on a pod, but, like, severe, severe constipation constipation <laughs> you just can't take a shit okay and like i looked it up on reddit because reddit has everything i'm sure and it does there are threads of people talking shit about this <laughs> like there's talking shit about shit talking shit about shit yeah love it there's literally threads of people complaining about this and i was like oh word like <laughs> and then they all were just saying like don't worry though it gets better but like i legit emailed my doctor at 1:30 a.m. and i was like yo when do these effects go away cuz i want to fucking use the restroom dude <laughs> and then oh she gosh. she was like it should go away in like one or two weeks and then she changed it like I was on ex- on extended release, which is like a twenty four hour thing, and then mm-hmm. she changed it to a sustained, which is like a twelve hour thing. So she's like, maybe it would be less intense for your body, which it is. But like, bro, first of all, uh, how can I email my doctor? That sounds very modern. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know people could email their doctors. Oh um, yeah, literally, modern technology is so chill. Did you know that there's actually a number you can text if you don't want to like go cray and call the suicide prevention line? You can just text this number. I think I could find it actually, but you text oh, help to this number and then someone Google. Oh, I think I think that's super cool because sometimes you you get anxiety just thinking about calling a number, you know? Yeah. So when people need help, they can they can text. That's a lot easier. Some people like oh calling. Yes, it's text home to seven four one. That's home <laughs> four one. Yes, um, at that crisis text line, you can say whatever you want, but I'm gonna be straight if you say things about um. What, there's always like three things they give you, like the little preface. If you talk about harming yourself, harming someone else, then you'll um. get snitched on. I think yeah, if you if you threaten yourself or somebody, yeah, uh, they have to report it. So be careful, guys. Yeah. So like, if you just avoid those topics, just say whatever you want, and like, 
get it off your chest. And then if you don't want to talk to me anymore, just say stop or block them, whatever you want. That's super cool. I did not know that. So thanks for that. Oh my gosh. I feel like this release. I feel like I just went to a therapy session. Oh my God. I'm glad. I mean, I felt like I needed to mention something along this line because I did say a very triggering topic earlier and like, you know, just got to end the pod with some therapy. (laughs) Yeah. And some places where you can get help. And you know what? Since you guys are my followers, you can DM me too. Like I'm not obviously not a therapist or professional or anything, but I could be a friend for anyone. And Jen too. I, I need friends and a roommate. So, hit oh, me yeah. up. Go, hit her up on Instagram. J e n n d a n g i t. Yes, <laughs> dude, I loved having you on here, and I would love to have you back. Um, I I thought this was such a great episode. Um, and yes, let's encourage people to talk about their emotions and their problems. It's 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 a good thing, guys, to be not perfect. Yeah, and you can still be a hilarious, dumb fuck 21-year-old with these issues, okay? Yeah, you call yourself hilarious. I love it. Yeah, you got to be confident. Mm -hmm. You're out here like, I have an entertaining personality. I got to use it. Do you know how confident I be be these days? I have myself on my phone screensaver thing. I'm trying to be you, though. The one where I'm sticking out my butt from back in the day. No fucking way. <laughs> Wait, with the denim jeans, the red shoe? Bitch, you already know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, back in the day, I'd be like, ew, this is conceited. No, it's called confidence. Oh it's called God, loving God. your body. That's <sighs> right. We're depressed, bad bitches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you guys have an amazing day. And, um,. Yeah, thank you, Jen, for being on here. Yes, thank you for listening. Thank you for having me. Happy holidays, you guys. Yes, happy holidays. And a happy new year, hopefully. Yeah, if we get there. (laughs) If the world doesn't end. (laughs) All right, bye, guys. Bye. Last time I said, if you're a monthly supporter, you can request a Christmas song. So Elise, my monthly supporter, requested last Christmas. And I hope you guys enjoy. And also, I'm not a singer at all. Just doing this for fun, okay? Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. The very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Remix, remix. Last Christmas, I give my heart, but the very next day, you give away. This year, to save me from the tear, I do it to someone special, special. Merry Christmas, everyone.